Welcome to the After Dark Podcast, the podcast in which Anthony leads his unknowing friend Conrad by the hand through TV shows. Will Conrad like them? Will Conrad hate them? Will Conrad predict what's going to happen, or will he be lost in the dark? Find out now, only on the After Dark Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James, and that is Conrad. Hello. That's him. Well, Conrad, how are you this week? Uh, I'm very good. I am caught in a post-OA malaise now. As I at the, at the end of this episode, I have to confront the reality that there is just no more abyss left, and none of these questions are going to be answered. Yeah. Well, you know, before we get into that, well, I want to talk about that very, very soon. But Conrad, come on, congratulations. Yeah. Oh. I've got I'm two for two on on predicting like the big twist at the end of shows now, um, and I'm I'm pretty pleased with that. I feel I feel like they kind of we'll we'll get there when we get there, but um, I feel like they they kind of give you enough uh, enough clues to figure it out for yourself in this one. Um, it was certainly harder than than the previous series we did, but I, I, I yeah I'm still still pleased with myself. I'll take oh the yeah 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 you should be like there's some people in the comments being like wow all I can say is wow I just can imagine people coming in just for the OA that weren't with us in dark and they're just like who is this weirdo like who's this guy <laughs> yeah. who's predicting all this stuff because like, I think as well it's like something has to be said for the fact that we are you know you're going to be talking about each episode for at least an, at least an hour so yeah. you're, you're listening and taking notes whereas usually people don't do that so yeah like that is, it definitely I think um, I'm watching I I, I give a certainly a more flattering impression of myself in terms of my uh, attentiveness to detail than i would normally have um although i will say i would normally spot aspect ratio changes that's always like something which stands out to me (laughs) and this show by the end of this show of this episode they are going fucking nuts with the aspect ratio changes it's just like shot and reverse shot in different aspect ratios just to make sure that you got the point um but uh yeah like i mean it's it's a shame. It's a shame we we're we're almost certainly not going to see more of this because I would have I would have loved to have seen where this where this show went from here. Yeah, and again, we'll talk about it more next week on the Theory Matrix episode. All the ideas of like when the show would come back or is the show coming back, and all the times that it was teased that it would come back and it didn't. Mm. Uh, we're going to cover that all next week. But I will just say, last week when I was talking to you about like I was sort of playing very coy in to- sort of the way I was talking, saying if it is the case and stuff like that. But now you just know that I was talking as if it is the case. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and I honestly believe there's something, even though my head tells me no, my head tells me no, there's something deep down in me that says, if you were going to have a season three based on where the season ends, you would have to cancel the show in real life. Yeah, like, that... <laughs> There's something there which says says to me that's what Hap would do. Hap would get the show cancelled so that so that Brit Marling never realizes that she's the OA again. Like I I love that idea and I choose to believe that that's absolutely the case. And in ten years' time, the OA will return to a to a, like a chorus of cheers yeah. from the waiting fans. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not going to mention, like, I'll, I'll, like next week, I'll go into specific detail about one or two instances where they thought the OA was going to come back. Interestingly, interestingly enough, Conrad, anyone who's interested, go over to the uh, OA subreddit. There's a current theory going on based on Zalbot Munglich's Instagram and other things like, uh, I think, Will, Will Brown is the name of the actor. Oh, no, Scott Brown is the character. Will something. Um, he's He's, like, 
dressing in the same way as Scott would have done, and he's in the same place Scott would have been at a certain time in the show right now on his Instagram stories and stuff, That's and it's crazy. it's causing everyone to go mad thinking that there's a there's a date coming up later in May where it's going to be announced that season three is coming. You know, but this happens every few months. Every few months, there's like <laughs> yeah, there's a whole like the, the, deep the dive. ravings of a madman. Is, is <laughs> what this sounds like to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I was there for Firefly. I I remember, and like Firefly didn't um. It didn't have the same kind of fertile ground for wild theories yeah. as I'm sure the OA does. And even then, people were like desperately theorizing about how another series might happen. So I'm sure with the OA, the the gloves are off. It's just like any any time Brit Marling is pictured anywhere, it's like, is it is it Brit or is it the OA? Yeah. Well, this is actually this is what I was gonna say. I was I was gonna go into this next week, but I may as well say it now because it's only a short thing. I've always had the idea for a video to make a video saying. You know, uh, we need to look out for Brit Marling because the thing is, say that the show is now finished, right? I could honestly see, and I don't think it will, but I could honestly see a case where Brit Marling goes insane, uh, like you know, <laughs> which is in real life. In real life, goes insane, thinking, "Am I actually the OA?" Because look, the way they wrote it, <laughs> the way they wrote it is that she would end up just being Brit Marling again in the world and, and not believing. That she was the OA, and that was that the show was, you know, that, that she was wouldn't believe she's the OA anymore. It's yeah, it's perfect fodder or perfect. It's a perfect setup for her to actually go insane and think she is the character. Yeah, when she's older, she'll insist on being referred to as Prairie, as like the dementia sets in, and it will just be like, okay, like, yeah. well, what 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 is reality? Yeah, so we need to. What, what would be really great is is <laughs> this this is really going off the deep end. What if, like, in, like, five years' time, they just released season four? And season three was in our world the whole <laughs> just time. Just a performance. And they actually just acted piece. out everything. And it's literally that'd just all on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. And then oh, season that'd four. be so good. That'd be so good if they just had, like, a real, a, a, a YouTube supercut of, like, them doing the movements in just, like, some streets in, in I guess... I don't know if it's said where they where they turn up at the end of this, or or, or if it's implied that it's Hollywood. I guess it's probably San Francisco still. No, it's but, London. Um, I think. I think it's London. Could oh, is it London? Did you, not, did you not recognize the ambulance? Oh yeah, of course. It's a yeah, it's a British ambulance. Isn't and the it? woman, the woman um, was like Brit, Brit. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. The we'll we'll get to the accents at the end of, <laughs> at the end of, at the end of this episode. Jason Isaacs in particular. Um, yeah, his he 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 did a weird thing with his voice, which. I enjoyed, but at the same time, it was like I feel like he was doing something. I feel like he didn't need to do something with his voice at the end of this, given he is English. <laughs> All right, okay. So, uh, guys, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. The Culture Cave is what it's called. If you're listening to us on podcasting apps, why don't you download it? Sometimes I find there's a bit more traffic on the road than I was usually used to, so sometimes it's good to have the podcast load up. So, if you're planning on going home and watching it after school. Oh, school. Sorry, I work in a school. I always say school. If you're if you're planning on going home to w- watch it after work and then you get caught in traffic, well, it'd be cool to have it on on the phone as an audio app. So there's no harm in having it, guys. There's no harm in having it. You can watch uh, it after school as well if you want. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's the thing. I've never left school. I'm like I, I I went from school to university, back to school. I will forever say after school. Uh, I'm sorry for that, but I will. Never um, worked a day in his life. Never. Oh, nah, come on, come on. At least three. At least three. Um, all right. So thanks very much, guys. Like the video, all that sort of jazz. Link in the description for a t-shirt. Thank you very much. We've made a few more sales in the last week or two. Thank you very much. That helps support the channel. And let's just get into it, Connor. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down. So the final episode of the OA, hopefully not, but yes, it is, um, opens with Nina slash Prairie 
uh, just like how I explained last week, like the water and the apple and the orange juice mixed together. Um, are outside mm. and she's smoking a cigarette. And Hap and Homer are sort of watching her through the camera. Yeah, so there's um, th- there's a very enjoyable kind of subtle difference in Britt Mulling's performance in this episode when she's portraying the sort of hybrid Nina Prairie version of herself, um, where she kind of carries herself with um, with like a lot more confidence and a certain amount of sort of sensuality in her movements, which I think is the way the way that she does it i found quite subtle which is Im- impressive to be honest um not subtle but something i still enjoyed was the fact that throughout this episode uh the oa is wearing white and half is wearing black which is <sighs> it's like it's like the goddamn end of equilibrium where christian bale fights <laughs> that guy and they have to wear opposing colors because that's the kind of visual language they're going for um i yep. did enjoy it but it is also a bit like okay i get it I get, I get, I get the metaphor. Um, and also, uh, Hap says about maybe she's got multiple personality disorder. Yeah, d- did did. Yeah, like in it's a new. I don't. I didn't. I've never realize, heard it called that before. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that was the new uh, term to use. But um, yeah. So and then Hap's just like you know he's like I can't believe I didn't realize that. And Hap's like, well, you were in the delusion, you know. It's like <laughs> Homer's just playing into his hand here. Well, until very soon into the episode, I felt. Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay, about this episode overall. I felt this episode was a lot. It felt quicker than it was. It was only like it was about forty minutes long, yeah. but it was. It, it really did feel like they were just going like bang, bang, bang. Let's get to the end now. You know. Yeah, I, I think I um I actually so I I did enjoy this episode. Um, I I think it was a good ending to the season. I think the the the, the hooks that it throws out for the potential next season are enticing i think i I had a few problems actually with how short it was because it it did it it did really move Mm -hmm. at a clip i would have liked about 10 minutes more of a certain character's story because i felt like they were just kind of thrown away but um we'll get there we'll get to it when we get to it i'm assuming that's kareem i'm saying nothing you have to listen on okay all right i'll listen on (laughs) yeah all right just imagine me in like five days time just like sitting listening to us again i'll listen on yeah Uh, on tenterhooks yeah okay so um it sort of flashes then, or sort of into the other original reality, I suppose. Yeah, um, lovely match cut. Yeah, a literal it, match cut, in fact, because it's literally the same door. Literally the same door. Yep. And uh, so they're in, they're in the they're in the uh, at Treasure Island now. So they went on Jesse's prediction or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so they went there. They sense Nina slash Prairies about. Um, and yeah, was there anything in particular about? I think it's just showing us that they're there. Was there anything in particular yeah. that you noticed? Um, I mean, just from a production standpoint. They haven't really, um, they haven't really played with kind of editing techniques too much between the dimensions in this show. Um, so it's really mm-hmm. cool to see them start doing it. Uh, obviously, like in the previous show that we watched, Dark, there was a lot of match cuts between people doing things in different different timelines, um, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it was nice to see that here. But apart from that, obviously, it's just it's just a, a way of kind of compounding the fact that they are all in the same place with the editing. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. And uh, then it's, it does another one back to uh, Nina slash Prairie. Yeah. The OA, and she walks into Treasure Island. Uh, yeah. So she walks up and says, well, we, she, it's funny because in the last episode, she walked up and said, um, I'm here to see Dr. Percy. And then she went, so obviously went back outside and started smoking, just waiting for them to let her in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's going back in now. Uh, Kareem now is... You mentioned in the last episode it was sort of like when Kareem went to see Mo, it was like that Kareem was setting up to sort of go off the to- off the off the chessboard, so to speak. Like you know, mm. 
he was giving all his information to Mo so that he could then sort of go away. Uh, and again, it kind of did that again, where he like wrote he wrote Mo on the envelope, but it was leaving stuff for her again. Yeah, I didn't. Un- so he leaves her his dictaphone, which I'd forgotten he had, to be honest. Um, I think it was a dictaphone anyway. I-, I I vaguely remember him like recording stuff on it in like the first couple of episodes, mm-hmm. and then it kind of got left behind. He also leaves a lighter, which I don't really understand the significance of. I don't know if that's something we've missed or something that maybe they would have expanded on. Um, further down the line yeah um but yeah this is absolutely a continuation of that uh and, and it makes me really interested for what they were going to do with mo as a character because she holds a huge amount of i guess you'd call it plot critical information it's 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 always, it's always I mean, kind I thought of you were gonna say wait there and i was like geez careful careful with the pregnant woman she's, no, she's, wait. she's glowing she's glowing <laughs> um she but she she holds a lot of kind of information that's important to this dimension but as with the first dementia or the first season, I feel like by the end of this by the end of this episode, the stakes have been raised so much that it's kind of like the San Francisco kind of Pierre Ruskin Q Symphony yeah. plotline almost isn't really that important anymore because we're kind of going beyond that. Um, mm-hmm. So I would have been really interested to see how Mo used this information and what it actually meant for the plotline. Um, I guess I guess by the end of this episode, Kareem is still there. Um, so oh, well. I don't know exactly where he is. It's like place seems to be um, a nebulous yeah. term. By the yeah, end he of... might have actually went through the Rose window in the same way that Box slash Michelle did. Yes, um, that's true. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I will say about the scene is though, uh, I have no idea how Kareem sleeps with that flashing red light outside his window. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is, and, and, and in fact, actually, it's funny. It's a, it's a, it's a clear visual choice to have Kareem spend probably about. 50 to 60% of his time in this episode just bathed in very atmospheric red yeah. lighting. Um, and it starts here and it continues for pretty much the entire episode. He's always in, always kind of in this, in this red light. Uh, I'm assuming it's like a storm warning light or something here because there's a storm coming, but mm-hmm. I, I would invest in some blackout blinds if I were him. But it was, it was also throughout uh, Prairie and Hap in the, in the uh, tre- Treasure Island as yes. well. So yeah, it, it it's sort of recurring the whole way through this episode. I thought this episode was actually visually very very good to look at. Yeah, um, I agree. That's definitely one of the stronger things about this episode. Yeah, um, yeah. So in terms of Mo, I think that potentially in my mind, I think where could she have went next season? And I, I think that you needed to have some like who else in this in this universe in this like sort of reality would be able to continue the storyline within it because i don't believe that we're going to leave behind the realities i don't think we're going to just go away and never come back so maybe she would have been left to find out maybe she would have her job would then to be to find out what happened to kareem yeah Um, i mean she could go after pierre like that could be that could be a more grounded plot line i think the reason i thought that they might be leaving it behind is because really in this season the only reason we've been looking at the first dimension is to get the boys and BBA to where they are at the end of this season. So they, and now that they've all gone to the same place, it's a bit like, do we need those other two dimensions now? Are they still relevant to anything? Um, but I guess they could have been. Uh, I mean, they, well, they must have been because Mo has been included in in this for some reason. Yeah, look, I I think the Pierre Ruskin isn't wasn't going to go away. I think that um, Pierre Ruskin wanted Kareem to do what he did. So I think that mm. Pierre Ruskin by Kareem doing what he did, will have gained more knowledge of what yeah. the house does. And I think Pierre Bruskin would have become a bigger player later in the game. Uh, that's yeah. how I personally feel about it. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, so, okay, so Kareem is away now. So he leaves the, the letter for Mo. Then what, we get one of my favorite moments 
of the episode, which is hard to say because there are a number of good episodes and moments in this episode. But I love the little moment between <laughs> the OA and Homer. Obviously, the joke is that hilarious. It's a very blue joke from yeah. Nina there. Like, you would not catch Prairie telling a joke like that. Yeah, I mean, come on. it was actually hilarious. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a good, it was a good gag. I enjoyed it very yeah. much. Um, but uh, but uh, the little subtle things that happened in this in this um in this scene where like she she very purposely went into his face but didn't kiss him. She put her hand on the glass for him to touch her hand. He uh she went up the, the she maybe she obviously didn't plan this but she went up the spiral staircase with Hap like she would have in the other one. Like there was red light, it all added. He was in behind a glass pane. It all mm. added up to him coming to the realization, and and him sort of becoming amalgamated with Doctor Roberts and Homer coming to the surface, which we all knew was going to come eventually. Um, yeah. And the moment where it happens and the music swells and he's like behind the glass and he just starts going away, away. I thought it was really effective. Yeah, it was a very very impactful moment, and I and I think. Um... It's really interesting characterization for the OA um, in that it kind of speaks to her leveraging the like confidence and assertiveness of Nina's personality to do something that she herself or the Prairie herself wouldn't have done, like the sort of you know leaning in to kiss uh, Homer and then pulling back and like you know taking charge of the situation basically is yeah. the, is, the, is ultimately the thing and that's very much nina's what nina's personality is bringing to the table here um is ultimately the thing that brings her homer to the surface uh and then as you say yeah the, this phenomenal kind of like emotional crescendo to this scene where he finally wakes up um i i had a i'm just I, I, it's it's not in the theory matrix because it's only a little thought mm-hmm. but it felt that but the 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 timing of this felt very deliberate to me and made made me wonder whether like Hap actually orchestrated the power cut to get Homer away from her. I mean that it's, it's, it sounds a bit far fetched, but it just seemed like very convenient for Homer to be the one that gets trapped in there. Or maybe yeah, well yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, but the way that Nina was sort of taking charge of the situation and really trying to bring him out, it almost felt. And we also saw later on that. Whenever um, she stands up and it's had the wing- angel wings behind her, she's yeah. able. Something happens where her emotion or something that happens within her turns the lights back on. So, yep. so maybe just by the fact she was doing, maybe she did it, even subconsciously. It could be. Yeah, I, I feel like someone, it, someone did it. Maybe not Hap, but it definitely felt deliberate to me. Yeah, or you know, it, nothing's a coincidence, as they say. Um, mm. But yeah, so I will say as well. I just realized we're talking about like you know this this current reality for the possible next season if there ever was one or if there was going to be one obviously um you have to remember the likelihood is that prairie is going to leave nina behind just yes. like elodie leaves the other one behind so she would still exist like nina would still exist in this mm. in and and then her with pierre roskin would have also been a really interesting dynamic once i would i, I would wonder whether nina would remember the mm. what, like having prairie within her and stuff so yeah there is, there is that point. there is that there as well you know yeah no that is that is interesting actually i hadn't really thought about that but yeah there's definitely fodder for for further um character arcs in this dimension between between nina and and pierre yeah exactly okay so um the boys and bba go into uh the treasure island and they see the uh aquarium uh the five-sided aquarium which to be mm. honest with you then buck 
the way it was done was a bit strange. Like, Buck immediately realized what it was, but at the same time, like, they are obsessed with this, like, almost like cult like obsessed with it. So, kind of makes sense that they would recognize straight away. Um, Don't tell the FBI that. Yeah, exactly. Um, But they said (laughs) something which I, to be honest with you, I don't know how I didn't even realize this. I didn't. It didn't. Uh, I think I had this exact same reaction. Yeah, when they said it's basically like a miniature version of the, the cells that Hap kept them in. I was like, yeah. ob- obviously that's what this is. Yeah, as soon as they said that, I was like, mind blown. <laughs> I didn't like just didn't didn't uh didn't clock that at all and uh and it makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um Right, so now now you gotta go back and watch it again and look at what fish are in the aquarium and what yeah, cells. Yeah, yeah, which one's Scott? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's one that's got like dreadlocks that's well, clearly Scott. Scott's the one who taught, like the, the fish who like blows bubbles at his at his plant. Um <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, next up, we get Steve returning, triumphant return of the, uh, of the, yeah. the wounded hero. And um, he... A great little bait and switch, this. I really enjoyed this, because it was like, in, 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 in like a series full of kind of like, the um, well, you know, dimension, interdimensional, crazy, magical, sciencey stuff. This was yeah. like, oh, it wasn't Theo. It was, it was just, it was you. <laughs> like, and it, it makes a lot more sense. It does. It really does. And and I think that later on as well, Steve, there's something about Steve which makes people see their own loved ones in him. Mm. So BBA sees her brother in him, obviously, based on this. Yeah. And, well, and, for- and based on what's happened before as well. Like She clearly kind of sees the same kind of self-destructive elements um, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, compassion and kindness in Steve that, 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 that she saw in Theo. Exactly, but also Prairie sees Homer in, in Steve as well. Mm, um, yeah. And even later on, when she's in the pool room, which we'll talk about later, when she's yeah. in the pool room, she's like she Steve is the one she lifts up, you know. So there is mm. this thing about Steve, and also you're being you're, you you know you're coming around to him. So he's got a magnetic quality to him, Conrad. Yeah, I mean he's not he's not perfect, um, and I really didn't like him in that first season. But there is there's something about him, and you know not to put the cart before the horse but by the end of this this episode he has got a great new haircut and a great new leather jacket which i'm a big actually he might be wearing the leather jacket in this scene i can't remember but um he, he looks like a member of like a 50s biker gang by the end of this episode which i'm very much into yeah yeah uh he reminds me of uh i don't know why i thought there's two things i think of when i think of steve being the bad boy right one is uh, the something which you people who aren't UK listeners will have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, former X Factor winner Alexandra Burke uh, <laughs> had a song called "The Bad Boys." The Bad Boys, right? Yep. Uh, there was another one. Uh, the other thing that I realized is an episode of Seinfeld where George uh, pretends to be a bad boy, right? And he's like trying to to, to, to get a girl. And yeah. he's, he's wearing like a jock jock jacket and all. Like just yep. George, like he just looks like George. Looks like Jason Alexander. <laughs> Chewing gum, like throwing things on the Does floor. Does he have like the, the the packet of like Marlboro Reds up his up his sleeve and stuff like that? <laughs> but, that's all that Steve is missing. That's here. that's the energy that he's given out. Like, yeah, um, oh yeah, uh, Steve very much captures like Snake from The Simpsons energy. <laughs> like yeah. when he when he jumps in the the the, uh, the ambulance at the end, I expect him to be like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, and I was gonna mention it later, but I'll mention it now. Steve finally caught the ambulance. He's been chasing it since the first he season. He did. He T-1000 his way into <laughs> into that ambulance, finally. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. So go back to Nina and Hap. Uh, Nina is like, well, it is basically the OA being Nina, uh, letting Nina come hmm. to the fore for this conversation. They're talking about how 
sort of she's also picking holes in Hap's story you know yeah she's kind of toying with him here yeah. I feel like like she's sort of she knows that he doesn't remember um and she's kind of like pointing out he doesn't remember where the booze is in his office he doesn't remember how to drink it um the the the, the Russian dolls as a gift um it definitely feels like she's in control of this situation yep yep it does uh, and I think it's interesting it obviously it all leads up to the, to him taking her down to sea because he says, you know, what the house is. And she says, well, we know what the house is. It's a portal, you know. And he says, well, you have no idea. And she's like, well, show me what my money is paying for or whatever. Um, yeah. So is there anything else in this scene that you wanted to touch on? Um, I guess, so there's a there's a couple of things that maybe, maybe prove some theories wrong, actually. So, um, or, or one thing that was interesting to me was that Nina and Hap knew the truth about the house before Pierre is uh, the kind of implication of this mm. scene, I believe, and and um, well, Nina's probably ha- talked to that tree. <laughs> yes, but yeah, probably that would explain her decoration choices in her yeah. in her apartment. Um, and I believe Hap also said, or one of them says, Pierre devised the game, which seems to imply that Pierre did design Q Symphony, which is actually at odds with what the basketball lady said back in the first episode. Um, mm-hmm. I believe I can't the, ball- I, the baller, I, the baller, I the baller. It. Yeah. Um, because yeah, that I can't remember what 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 they said exactly, but it was something along the lines of, it wasn't. I can't remember what they said. I have to go back and listen to it. But I remember taking from that conversation that oh, that the the Q Symphony kind of existed prior to Pierre Ruskin, um, which is interesting. I might just be misreading that situation or misreading um, the initial conversation in episode one, but it 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 narrows down what I thought the scope of Q Symphony was going to be down to oh it's just something that Pierre Ruskin came up with to crowdsource solving the house. Yeah it was to yeah okay I I, I think yeah I know what you mean I think we did have two conversations about that how like we sort of you sort of concluded that it probably wasn't Pierre Ruskin who did it. Having said that like we'll never know the scope of Pierre Ruskin's storyline so it's it's a it's, it is a str- it's one of those things that <laughs> yeah it, it leaves us a, a slight bit of a strange taste in the mouth but it's also because that's because the show was cancelled, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah, not to get ahead of ourselves, but there was a lot of orange theories in the Theory Matrix when I was <laughs> yeah. concluding it this week. It's like, don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know, don't <laughs> know. So yeah. I might have saved my own bacon with that, to be honest. I hope yeah, they don't yeah. bring it back. I will point out now, if they bring back a third season, we will not revisit the score of the Theory Matrix. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> yes, we will. Okay, um... So Kareem's back in the house. Uh, Fixie does the puzzle. Um, I, I, I have no idea how anyone does this as quickly as they do. Like Kareem absolutely flies through this floor. floor well, we've, talk, we've talked about it before. Like when you're in the house, time doesn't move the same way. Like he might have been, he might have taken six months on this puzzle. That's true. That is true. That's a fair point. But it just, I mean, the way it's depicted, you know, it's just like clink, 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 done. And then clink, clink, uh, jump in the pool, swim, swim, swim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like bloody hell, Kareem. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, done this before. Easy. Yeah, it's like, he it's actually, like one of he those. He wrote, he wrote a number on the bottom of each tile last time oh clever yeah that must be what he did he's like one of those kids who can solve like a rubik's cube in like eight seconds yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... but then but when the oompa loompas came out and like took all the puzzle pieces out again um <laughs> i how... was gonna say that as well who's rearranging this puzzle <laughs> <laughs> there was like they've just got a little they've got a little kind of like butler like the guy from scary <laughs> scary movie 2 uh, <laughs> like... my germs yeah take my strong hand <laughs> Just like moving them all around with his gammy hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So uh, 
this is uh, now the next thing was a moment for Renata, which I, mm. I again I thought it was a fantastic moment. I really loved it. I loved it, like the delay delivery. You know, whenever they, it's so TV like, but it's yeah, it's it's yeah. a real like delay. It's like, who are you pausing for here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's also like very deliberately walking backwards. I was like, hang on. Yeah, I, I th- when she did that, I was like, is time going in reverse at the moment <laughs> the moment when she did that i literally thought that um but yeah it, it's a great moment for her character i will say this is one of the things i didn't like that much about i guess the oa in general uh, this season two renata's really undercooked as a character like she she gets basically nothing and although there is a there there is a mo- emotion in this scene I would have liked to have seen a lot more from Renata because I feel like this scene could have worked way better if we had a bit more uh, time with her character. Yeah, and we know that season three would have taken place primarily in Scott's NDE dimension, which would imply that season four would be in Renata's NDE dimension. So I would imagine that in season three, we would have seen a lot more build because we would have had to have a lot more build up for her before we get to her NDE dimension. Yeah. It would be a bit strange to have a whole season be devoted to someone's ND dimension whenever we don't really know much about the character, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, even by Scott's... Like, I mean, Scott didn't get that much this season. But um, yeah, I, I feel like... I guess they they had... They had a lot of characters to get through in that first and second season. But I feel like Rachel and Renata were kind of on the... Got the, got the short end of the stick in terms of time spent developing... Them yeah. as characters, yeah, I, w- I would agree. I think, um, but yeah, I, but I love the moment where she says, you know, like you know, you, are you, are you Homer or Doctor Roberts? He says both, um, and is really sort of almost like I was gonna say pathetic, but it's not pathetic. Like it, this actor yeah. has a real way of speaking, which is like almost like really childlike. You know, he's he's, yeah. he's able to be a man and a child at the same time. He's very he's, vulnerable. I think. Yes, that's uh, the word. Sorry, not not yeah. pathetic. Vulnerable. Yes. <laughs> Both, you know, pathetic girly man. Yeah, um... <laughs> no, 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 I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Like he, he's there. There is definitely a vulnerable quality to Homer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is an alphas only podcast. Alpha, <laughs> alpha dark is what we call it. Yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah. Most alpha of all men. <laughs> yeah, that Anthony James, most alpha, alpha of all men. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. So anyway, um, then she like grabs the fire extinguisher and um, breaks the window and says, I will free you from yours. I don't know why yep. she has a, an accent from Mars or wherever that was from. But yeah, so she smacks it up. He gets out. Yep. And there we go. Uh, now, mm. this pool room. Now, mm. now, now that we've seen it, you can understand why I was like, can we give him the point? For, for guessing the octopus in the show. Yeah, this we'll, room we'll, doesn't have an octopus in it. We'll, we'll come back to that. We will come back to that because like, there's a discussion to be had there um, in the Theory Matrix episode. I know, yeah, that was exactly my thinking as well. I did, uh, I don't know if you remember, I did actually kind of like supersede that theory with another one, I think in the last episode where I said I think it was going to be full of the bodies of the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. people who've got the plants growing out, which is obviously what has um, what has happened here. I love that we get, before prior to the reveal, we get some good old-fashioned uh, hap euphemisms with uh, what you see in there can be, and I quote, very challenging. <laughs> it's, like, it's, a room, it's a room full of bodies, hap. <laughs> like, challenging doesn't really do it justice, I've got to be honest. Um, oh, God. But I I love the the implications of this. Um, the, 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 it's the, the, this sort of culmination 
of this both literal and symbolic relationship between the the, the, the plants in the brain and the, and the multiverse. So obviously we talked before about how the seed that it plants in the brain is a symbolic thing, basically, you know, of a of an awakening in the in- individual to the mm-hmm. to the existence of the multiverse. But the literal growth of these plants, where I believe he says, I think it might be, just checking my notes, I think it might be when we return to this scene, but That's I'll mention it now anyway, where he says like each flower is a, is another entry in the multiverse, which kind of implies that when when the seed is planted in these people's minds by the house. Every moment in their life, every kind of like inflection moment in their lives, is represented by another one of these flowers. Yeah. And 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 as they bloom, they are contributing these infinite t- uh, possible new worlds to the multiverse, which re- really ties back into that kind of um, what the tree was saying to uh, to the OA in episode before last, where you know forming this this endless canopy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I, I even love the visual of this. I think it's such yeah. an interesting way. You know the, the seed within, like the planting the seed in the brain, and then also like I love that that Hap explained like you know every brain has the multiverse within it. Yeah, it just um, needs to be like, fertilized. Yeah, like your brain knows the change that like the choices that were made, which changed yeah. the timelines and things. Like your brain knows them. Um, it's really it, cool. I, it does imply, as we've said before, it does kind of imply to me that Brit Marling was originally a child in Russia, but I, but I think. I think they might even go further than that, maybe, and say possibly that they like they're going to do maybe a, a did Pixar's soul thing, where like maybe the inflection point of Brit and 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 uh, and Nina was actually before they were born. Yeah, like prior to like to 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 her of being born, that's the the multiverse that she exists in, and you know it could be generations back for all yeah. we know. Um, the the visual of this as well, I wanted to mention. I, I I'll say now very brief kind of. Slight spoilers for the movie Annihilation, which I don't, did you ever see Annihilation? Yeah, yeah, I thought I really so, liked it. Freaky, yeah, I loved it. Freaky at the end in that room, you know the, the yes, the, yeah, oh, yeah. It's it, like it's a great movie, really good movie. Um, mm. but the the sort of plants growing out of the bodies to me really captured the same visual as um the fate that befalls Tessa Thompson's character in that movie, where it's like again spoilers for this she ends up turning into a plant because the 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 the, kind of, the, the, the uh the 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 energies within like the kind of annihilation wall basically just end up completely ch- changing her dna and it's kind of this it's it's kind of horrific seeing like her body like literally rewrite its own dna mm-hmm. to turn her into a plant but there is also kind of a serenity to it as well and i think they do capture that really well in 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 this obviously these guys aren't conscious and accepting of what has happened to them so it's it's more on the unsettling side but there is still kind of a beauty to the way it's presented i think yeah no there definitely is um okay so i also think that there's something to be talked about here now you might just pan it <laughs> off as, as ridiculous but the reason why now the reason why a few episodes ago i mentioned the the, the theory that Jesse potentially travelled, uh, right, when, r- rather than just died, um, mm. was because in this scene, the only body in this pool with their eyes open is Jesse. I didn't notice that Jesse's eyes were open. That's interesting. Yeah, very very interesting for me as well. Like, Jesse's the only one with his eyes open, which I don't know what that implies. It's implying something, definitely. Hmm. Um, but it is interesting to me. Um, yeah, I, I think there's 
so there was there's there's a question I had, and it is actually in the in the as when the scene continues after a brief a brief step away from it, but I'll, I'll mention it now. Obviously, Rachel warned the boys um, that only BBA was safe to travel, and presumably, it's because uh, the rest of the boys are here. Um, yeah, you know, trapped in trapped trapped in in some kind of stasis. I my interpretation of this was that they were actually dead, although it's like it's kind of later confirmed in the episode that they're more in some kind of deep coma i guess um but would uh, I, I guess what you just said there makes me wonder if they had traveled what would have actually happened like would they have just been trapped in these kind of asleep bodies would they have woken the bodies up um i, I I'm, mm. I'm not sure where i land on that but that was kind of but what even I was even about. you could even think of it like it's not safe to go because if you travel you'll even if you were to wake up you would be <laughs> You're still tra- locked in a room with a bunch of Roses yeah. coming out your ears. Yeah, trapped in Hap's uh, in Hap's lair. So it, I think it's 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 got enough in there that the it's only safe for BBA to go makes sense to me because yeah. I think it's, it's also important that um, Michelle is also in that state. So if Buck was yes. to travel, it would it wouldn't be safe for Buck to go. So it makes sense both ways in in terms of being in in the lair of Hap, I suppose, and and then yeah. uh, Buck would be traveling into Michelle, who's in the lair of Pierre Ruskin. Yeah. Um, Whereas, whereas I think also like the the stasis uh, is probably what they're talking about there. Um, but yeah, again, visually really cool. I like it. Mm. Um, I think there's. I, I think it's really interesting that all these obviously all these uh, young people went and actually started playing the Q Symphony game, um, and that's how they got to this point. So it was explained a few uh, episodes ago. I think did Elodie explain it? I can't remember. Um, that when, whenever the uh, the moments like where they meet each other in real life so the time when prairie met buck that was the time when michelle started playing the game yeah they kind of mirrored across dimensions yeah so it it almost implies to me like all these characters would have probably originally been from michigan still so maybe they all traveled out together to start playing the game together you know yeah i I don't think think that's implied but it it could it could be the way yeah i mean i i guess I wonder. I wonder if they're no. I was going to say the journey maybe is mirrored as well, but but Michelle had already gone missing by that point. Um, just because it would be cool if the you know these were, these were a bunch of kids from Michigan who like heard about Q Symphony on like a on Reddit or like some Discord yeah. or something and travelled across the country as as the boys and BBA were travelling to to you know start experimenting with the with with, with the uh, the house. Yeah, well, it could have been that way, but obviously it would have been at the exact same time. But yeah, yeah. I think there definitely would have been something like that there. But yeah. Uh, okay, so um, Kareem is now in the Room of Mirrors. Uh, yep. Really fast-forwarding through. It wasn't Kareem you are talking about in terms of getting... Yeah, so, so um, we'll probably revisit it at the end. But I just I felt I felt like with Kareem's storyline here, obviously like it does reach quite a satisfying conclusion, but I, I felt like with the the way the house was built up with this like kind of tests of worthiness and like Kareem being in danger, he just kind of fired through the whole thing without really struggling at any point. Um and given it was a forty five minute episode, I was a bit like I could have done with another ten minutes of Kareem struggling with the house just to, you know, really, really emphasize that sense of triumph um triumph triumph is how you pronounce that word um when uh, when he eventually uh sees through the rose window um i didn't necessarily need to be here i think this kind of like him in the mirror room like bathed in this really atmospheric red light uh was was a really cool visual um and i very much enjoyed him reading t.s Eliot on the wall which i didn't expect to hear yeah 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 exactly um 
Are we going to do a half an hour deep dive into what that means, or just say? <sighs> well, I mean, okay, so I've got it written down here. So what is it? We shall not cease from exploration. The end of all exploration will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. So, I my interpretation of that is that to that to truly know where you call home, you must first experience like the full expanse of all realities basically like this this idea of being rooted in one one's uh rooted in one place is can only really be justified once you have basically experienced everything and and seen everything which to me kind of seems like what elodie might be doing or cartoon might be doing where you know they are they are travelers they are exploring the entire Mm -hmm. multiverse and and they will potentially eventually settle down somewhere but but the the exploration is the is the drive um that, that that keeps these people going yeah i think i i think i agree with you like i said the other day about um asimov wrote a story a short story and i, I was talking about the idea like so but I, my wife corrected me it wasn't actually asimov uh, and i can't it was andy weir it was called the egg by andy weir so if anyone wants to okay. Go read that short story. It's really good, and it's basically about um, a being who has to live every life of everyone on Earth ever, okay, before be- like ascending into like a god-like uh, thing. So I think this sort of implied to me this T.S. T- Eliot quote almost implied to me like once you return to the start, you'll you know you realize it's it sort of built into that again for me, like the idea of they have to live all their lives. Now, I don't necessarily think Prairie's going to have to go back and be Kareem and be Steve. I don't think that's the way it is, but that's the way the short story was. I think it's like, yeah, she has to go through and, and experience so many different versions of herself. Yeah. Um, so it's a similar idea. And I think that... I actually think this might be like a... Or like a training or something. Like she's maybe maybe she's been selected to ascend to this more more sort of higher thing. It potentially is that she's like a fallen angel, which we've talked about before. Maybe she's God, mm. God, God itself. But I think that it's for me, it's more likely that she is going through the trials to ascend to a point in which Katoon is, sort of thing. Maybe. Well, so I've been, I've gone back and forth on this. Like, it's, I, I've, I've praised this show before for how broad it is in the ideas it throws out. Um, and some of them have just not been visited again, but they're so interesting just as ideas that it doesn't really bother me. So, you know, we, we can cast our minds back to season one where Katoon refers to the OA as the original, the original angel. And she says here that an angel is dust pressed into a diamond by the weight of this world. That is slightly later, but I just, I'll mention it now. Dust we'll pressed have, into we'll, a diamond we'll, by the weight of We'll move on to that, that's fine. Okay, so um, dust pressed into a diamond by the weight of this world, that's what an angel is. So she's the original one of that. Um, and the other um, the other four four people who were trapped by Hap have also been described as angels in season one. You know, Scott and Renata and, and, yep. and Homer and Rachel. Um, so to me, the implication is that to be a traveller, you must be an angel. And this kind of test of worthiness in the house is essentially a test of you know what you have given of yourself uh you know have you suffered enough um to to become an angel and an angel you know i think they, they don't mean it in the in the literal kind of like religious sense they mean it in the sense of being able to see beyond the veil of your reality to other to other dimensions um 
so I think in that sense, like what what Kareem is reading here, and what you've mentioned before about it being a, a you know, a training, uh, I guess, routine for um, for people to become angels, it does definitely seem possible to me. Um, the fact that the OA is 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 the original mm. is fascinating to me. Like whether there is, so in my head, I, I I go back to the conversation they had with that cop's wife who had. She had ALS, I think, um, yeah. mm-hmm. that that Homer and Homer and um, Homer and Prairie cured at the end of season one, and she says that she spoke to a little girl who told her to wait for Prairie um, in her dreams. And yeah. the way I imagine it is that Prairie was the first person to be awoken, or the first being, I guess, to be because we're beyond the scope of like kind of humanity here. The first being to be awoken in the way that all these people in the pool. Uh, was awoken so she essentially started the multiverse and that's why she's considered to be the original um yeah and from that everything else has has blossomed yeah Yeah. um and that's what so that little girl who spoke to that cop's wife was young uh oa at the point where the multiverse first kind of uh came to be and obviously for that woman it was like 50 years ago but for the oa it was at the beginning of time, essentially. Yeah, and I, I think that's great. I think I think I probably agree with you there that she is the, for want of a better term, the origin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> obviously, the original, the origin. She's she's where all this splitting maybe began, and therefore you get into a position where potentially the show could have ended in the same way as Tenet did, the film Tenet. Uh, spoilers for Tenet for the next thirty seconds. So at the end, <laughs> at the at the end of Tenet, uh, you know. Robert Pattinson's character, Neil, says to the protagonist, played by John David Washington, um, you know, we met a long time ago, and it's yeah. very much implied that John David Washington's character, the protagonist, started the whole yeah. time travel bureaus and everything. He started the whole thing. He went but back he hasn't, in, he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't done it yet, but he'll go back in time and do it. So the idea, it's very similar to this, your idea here that you had, is that she's the original she'll go through the whole thing and then she'll realize actually that she started the whole thing and perhaps yeah. even in the future she'll do things to ensure it happens you know yeah I, and i think i think that that is very it's so hard to analyze where the narrative of this is going to go because it's so mind-blowing and broad but i think if i if i were going to try and write something like this that's where i would go with it is her realizing oh i did all of this and i just haven't either i haven't done it yet or i've forgotten that i did it um mm-hmm. I, th- I think it would be more interesting if she got to the end and it was like, oh, this is the point where I create the, mul- the multiverse. Um, yeah, it, it, I, it makes me sad talking about that stuff because it, it would have been so interesting to see where they went with it. I mean, this show is a grower, uh, Conrad. Like, you can imagine how how much more you know you are hooked into season two than season one you can imagine how good yeah. it would have got just going forward with these crazy ideas so yeah I, I agree um there is a thing like seeing there's a couple of mistakes they made in the first season which <coughs> which is kind of now okay because of where they went with the show like the fact that the show the oa is a tv show within the universe right yeah <laughs> which we'll, we'll cover extensively you know hang on for that but i just i just thought i don't want to forget about it in the first season, there was a couple, there was a number of uh, continuity mistakes, as well as that there was times in the glass in Hap's uh, basement where you could actually see cameramen sometimes because it was so <laughs> so hard. It was so hard to film with the oh, glass. They've and got like, a perfect ready-made excuse for yeah, any of those. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like they finished season one. They're like, oh my god, you can see cameramen. There's continuity mistakes. What do we do? 
let's just make it a TV show in the in the show, you know, yeah. and no one You're a care. genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, okay, so BBA and the boys make it to the pool room as well. Yeah. Uh, BBA mentions, like, you know, you're here, Steve, you're... So she, before we actually see all the bodies, uh, who they are, uh, BBA actually mentions that they're in the room. So it sort of gives us a little clue just before we see it. Um, yeah. Uh, and they're sort of following Prairie around, and they say Prairie's left now, she's not here anymore. Mm. Um, and yeah, so what did you think of this, like, sort of following her through... <laughs> So I love the, the 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 sort of mirrored narrative here, just to kind of amplify the emotion of the scenes um, and and getting to play off one another. So like right at the beginning of the the alts uh, Treasure Islands uh, or Dimension One, I guess Treasure Island, um, they um, I think BBA is the one who says she's in here and so are you and looks at Steve yeah. and then and then it cuts back and and Prairie finds uh, finds or away rather finds finds um, Steve's body in the pool. Um, I think it's just it's a really cool way of of doubling down on on um on where this these two plot lines are going and I love how they're kind of dovetailing together as the as the season ends and we'll eventually end up in the in the same place. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Well there's from something this else one. there's something else that I wanted to mention which we just missed a little bit back and it's the moment where uh Prairie says oh my god it's Scott and then Hap's like oh Prairie thank god right so, the way that 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 he when he when he's like relieved that it's Prairie, right? Oh he's, yeah, he's like Prairie. Thank God. There's a, the way that, that that reads on the surface. There's a surface reading, and then there's a deeper reading for me. The surface reading there is, uh, way you would almost naturally take it is that Hap's glad that he hasn't been found out, right? He's glad he's glad that actually, oh, thank God, I'm not explaining this to Nina. Thank God, I'm not found out. For me. The, the actual real meaning of why he reacts like that is, oh, thank God, Prairie hasn't traveled away without me. Yeah, I think that's a, <clears throat> that's absolutely my read as well. Um, these two are indelibly linked to each other. I think I agree with what Elodie told um, the OA in that respect, but I think Hap's link to Prairie is much more he 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 is he's the one who's like desperate to maintain the link whereas like oa is trying to break it all the time but failing yeah. because because she's kind of unwittingly making decisions that brings her closer to him um whereas yeah i think he he is is desperate to to take her with him um at the end of this episode and doesn't really want to to deal with nina yeah yeah i i think i agree i just thought that was interesting like sort of double read as well um yeah. so kareem is in the water yep. swimming goes for a swim uh, very, Does he seem yep. that concerned about poisonous gas anymore as well? Uh, well, he's he's just like he's in for a penny and for a pound at this yeah, point. He's just, yeah, he's just like whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting to that rose window because he's got to find where where Michelle is, where she really is. Uh, which mm. you know we, we said in the last episode is still funny. The idea that the, the granny just didn't didn't help him out I at love all. That. That's great. That granny is the biggest bad guy in the whole series. <laughs> it's like for God's sake, granny. It's like watching your it's like watching your your grandparents try to use email or something. They're just like struggling <laughs> with basic communication skills. Yeah. Alright, so Hap's been busy. Yes. He's he very has. busy. Oh, actually I will say one thing first before we get to this, just as a brief throwaway. Do you know what um OA said in Russian? Uh, like when, when they kind of before they leave the room, the the light behind her kind of blooms and she begins to look a bit angelic. And before she says we have faith, she says something in Russian and it didn't say in the in the subtitles. Yeah, my my, my Russian is a bit rusty, Conrad. I don't know what she said. <laughs> Fine. Well, okay, Russian listeners, get in touch uh and and let us know. Because I was like, I wish I knew what she said then, because it sounds like it was probably important. But yes, Hap has been busy. Uh 
I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure how Hat built is to be <laughs> to be honest. He commissioned them to be it. built. He's, I'm sure he's got a lot of money. Well, you just go to the local robot factory and be, <laughs> and be like... They're in San Francisco. I, that this... is true. If it was going to be anywhere, it would be San Francisco that they could yeah. build these. But I don't know. I was, a, I was a bit like, mm, okay, this is a cool visual and I like it. So I'm going to give you a free pass on this one, OA. But it seems a little implausible to me that in the space of what, like a week, Hap was able to get like five robots. <laughs> okay, so so there's, there's, um, there's two... Possibilities. One is he opened up the little guy, saw it, and then was like, "Okay, I'm going to build these, but huge." Um, the the other thing, I really, yeah, I don't really understand why he built them huge. Uh, the other the other read to it is, which I'm sure a lot of people in the comments are screaming at us, they were already there, and and Hap, Hap seeing the little cube made him realize that that's what they were. Yeah, I guess I could buy that. I could buy that as a as an. Did he just find that. the remote under the under the cushion in the? Yeah, couch? I just <laughs> I just loved it. As soon as I saw the ornaments on the you know resting on their points in the garden, I was like, those look like the little robot guys. <laughs> and then they started moving, and I was like, what is? Is this a Michael Bay like Transformers movie here? And I'm just like, eh, uh, 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 as I start like doing the fucking movements around her. It was so dumb but i mean i loved it as well they look great um and it you know it, it was it was a, a worthy payoff um as as the episode reaches its uh reaches its head yeah 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 um i think that there might be something to the idea that they were already there but obviously we'll never know you know we'll never know yeah i guess so yeah so the the boys in bba actually i, I say the boys in bba Angie's there now too she's yeah Angie's an on- on- one of the boys i guess she's an honorary boy now yeah she's um, one of the boys the Crestwood Five, I suppose. Well, they're they're in, they're in like sort of the pentagon shape. Call it a circle, but you all know it's not a circle unless you have infinite people. Um, so <laughs> it's a crest. It's a, it's the a pentagon shape. They start do uh, they they're sort of standing around where the robots are. Yeah. Uh, it did it did make me think. Oh, hang on. Are the robots? Can they only move if someone in a different reality is doing the movements in the same spot as the robots? But then I, because I watched it before, you know, obviously I've seen it before. But then when I watched it again, I was like, oh no, the robots start moving before them. So no, that's just nonsense. Uh, but yeah, it still is a cool idea. Um, so they start going and then they start moving. BBA is like, we have to move now. Now there's yep. a couple of clips between here. So what I think I'll do is I will stay in the Treasure Island moments before I go to Kareem. Is that all right? Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. So um, Hap, you know, the big payoff to all his disgusting habits with putting things in his mouth. He puts the pedal in his mouth once again, once again, and uh, and he's saying, "I'm going to take you somewhere where everyone calls you OA, but you don't. You know, yeah. everyone knows you as OA, but you don't, which is obviously implying our our universe in a way. Yeah. Although I don't think that's true. Like if I saw Brit Marling on the street, I wouldn't be like OA. I'd be like, you're you're Brit Marling, the actress and writer and producer. <laughs> But you know what it means. Like you, you see, you still like see her as Yoi as well in some way. Yeah, I know? guess so. You know, I like um, this idea that that swallowing uh, part of uh, the, one of the flowers for the relevant multiverse um, or uh, dimension is is like kind of inputting GPS coordinates yeah. in your car or something. Just like there you go, pop that in there. Now nah, we're off. USB 4.0. Um, but yeah, uh, does that exist yet? USB 4.0? Because might have to go. I might have to go to five to make no, that. No, I don't work. think it does yet. Ah, well, there we go. There we go. There it is. USB 4.0. Uh, so they go. Uh, so he puts it in the mouth, but then all of a sudden, end of the se- end of the series. You know Clutch. that we got we got to have a Prairie and Homer moment. It's the end of yep. the series. So in comes Homer. Um, I remember everything. Bang. 
Yep. <laughs> Classic Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade moment. Sean Connery gets shot by the Nazi, and now and now Prairie has to travel because like Homer's going to die in that body if she doesn't. It's it, it, it's it's a classic dramatic device, and I very much enjoyed it. Also, maybe if you are going to punch like the the murderous um, doctor who has kidnapped you multiple times and you know clearly has a room full of bodies downstairs maybe make sure he doesn't have a gun on him before you turn your back on him <laughs> that's yeah. like that would be my advice to homer for next time round like literally homer you you, you could have like if you just kept beating him he could have yeah. actually stopped him traveling too like it yeah been. you could have ki- you could have killed him like if you really wanted to or at the very least subdued him rather than just one punch and now i'm gonna hug <coughs> my girlfriend yeah and i think like in this world of like traveling all over these multiverses and like people being locked in the in in the in the cells underneath the ground and then growing plants out of people's ears i think i wouldn't argue if, if homer was just like you know what i'm just gonna kill this guy like i, I don't yeah. i don't think i would have argued with i would decision. call yeah i would call this justifiable homicide if yeah. i was in a court of law about like, you know what he probably deserves it <laughs> yeah so i i think i i think if i i would i would have advocated there for homer just to keep beating his face um yeah best case scenario Hap moves away. Uh, well, best case scenario, he dies. Second best case scenario, he moves away and they get to stay there and they drive off into the San Francisco countryside. Um, all right. So now we're into Kareem. Okay. Kareem is at the rose window. Yep. He opens it up. Yes. Obviously, the first thing he sees is Prairie hovering. Ascending. Yeah. Very she actually phys- looking. She actually physically ascended into the air. Yeah. Um heavily okay. backlit so what were you thinking when this first happened were you thinking like okay so the idea is through the rose window like you see prairie so obviously the oa so like she's the most important thing you obviously didn't know it was going to go into a second layer but when this first happened were you like oh okay so oa is really important was that a little bit anticlimactic to you what the fact that he was seeing the oa rather like than let's say let's, let's say in that moment where he saw the oa right and you didn't know it was going to go on to the second part where they see you see like the real world. If, if it was just her hovering, did you have an an initial reaction of being like, "Oh, okay, that's what it is"? No, I think I I kind of I think I expected it to be that because like Kareem's storyline up until this point felt like it didn't. I didn't really know where it was going. Um, obviously, you know, he was going to the rose window, but in terms of like how it was going to tie into the narrative of the rest of the episode, I was a bit like, I don't really know what's happening here, and then when that stuff was going on with with prairie and homer uh, with oa and homer and hap um outside treasure island i was like okay that is what he's going to see initially because otherwise how is this tying into anything um and and it's kind of it, it i thought it worked really well as a way to give us a i guess like an audience's eye uh eye view of the events that unfold in the other dimension but my my initial read was was kind of I I wouldn't say disappointed because I expected them to hold that viewpoint to show us everything yeah. that was going to happen after that. Okay, yeah, yeah, just to show us w- w- the travel that happens after. Yeah. So, Prairie or oh, the Oya sends up. Yeah. In the moment that though she travels, she is transported into the body of Brit Marling mm. on the set of the Oa. Yeah. And she falls from the wires, cracks her head on the on the concrete underneath. Yeah. And we are now in the what could be considered the real world. It's slightly different than the real world uh, because Jason Isaacs is not married to Brit Marling in in real life. But they are yeah. so they're putting in a couple of differences there. But it's pretty much for all intents and purposes 
our world. They are in our world. They have been making the show the OA. Your prediction is correct. What do yeah. you think of this? Um, I was pretty happy about that. I, like, as soon as I saw, yeah, like the camera um, crane kind of pulling away, I was like, nailed it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, and as we know, the real world is shot in cinematic widescreen. Um, so we see our aspect ratio uh, change here. Also, um, like, did they still have the grainy camera? It was slightly grainy. I felt. Yeah. I, so it, I, I want. I didn't actually do this, and I'm annoyed myself. I wanted to go back and find the. Uh, the airplane footage because i think that was in a different aspect ratio to this and also was shot with like a film grain on it like it was shot on a handheld camera it was really really grainy yeah so i think i think this is a different a different thing um maybe i'm wrong i i I need to revisit that but it definitely felt like it looked different to me it looks different but i think it's personally conrad i think that if you were going to actually be in this universe for the whole of season three, you couldn't have that grainy, shitty camera. So I think what they do, <laughs> yeah. I think there is a slight bit of grain in this footage, but I think it's sort of transitioning into a normal, you know, look. Yeah, yeah, something that's actually like good to look at for, yeah, yeah. for a whole season of television. Um, yeah, I mean, this is great though. This was a great, a great moment. I, I love um, seeing Jason Isaacs kind of uh, doing hat as Jason Isaacs, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, getting getting uh, Britt Marling's name wrong, and um, but doing it in an English accent. And I th- I'm pretty sure, like, Jason Isaacs does have quite a posh accent. He was, I think he grew up in Liverpool, um, but he doesn't have much of an accent anymore. He's got quite a sort of yeah. posh southern accent now. But even so, I think he was putting on a bit of an accent for this, which I was like, why are you doing that, Jason, <laughs> Jason Isaacs? Like, you are English. Um <laughs> He was putting was, on more of like a, almost like a Cockney, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. It was a bit more, a bit oh, more Jason rough, Isaacs. Yeah, a bit more rough and ready um, than than Jason Isaacs, who's very much an actor uh, kind of kind of I voice. Think, I think they probably made him do it because it's like the real, like it's a real contrast to what he was as Hap. It's like maybe yeah. they did it with a few for a few takes where he just went, "I'm Jason Isaacs," and it's like it's not enough. It's not yeah. enough. Can you can you change it? Because even the woman who was next to him whenever he was like Prairie, and she was like. Brit, are you alright, Brit? It was yeah. like, it was almost so London that yeah, it was like you stra- that it was a fucking set of EastEnders. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, but you know what I mean by when I say this. It was so London that it was almost Australian. Yeah, you yeah. know, you mag. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to call someone a mag. What are you doing, Brit? You know, it's yeah. like it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so this so was the was key- this their set? That's what I want because obviously that scene outside wasn't shot on a set. I'm almost certain. No, of that. this is all fake. This is all. This is. You think all... this is all fake? Okay, because yeah, it does actually yeah. look. I, it would be really fun if they did use like their interior, uh, like film lot sets to to film the, some of this. From the boat, you mean? Like, well, like yeah, the, from, boat from the boat one. Potentially, the boat could have been. I'm sure the boat was like a set that could like maybe split apart a bit, take walls off and stuff. Yeah. But, I think for the most part, like the garden part where they're in, like the little treasure island yeah, garden. Yeah, that's part. definitely not real. Like they they one hundred percent shot that outside because that would be so much work to, <laughs> to make that look, make this look like that. Yeah, like so, I'm pretty sure that they even they even made everything a little smaller to make really emphasize that this is on a set. I think that it, it was a particular stylistic choice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to be honest with you, I, I just. This moment here is why I wanted to do the OA on this podcast because yeah. this is such a mind blowing. Even if even if you predict it, it's still like, whoa! What are they actually going to do in this next season? Yeah, this... well, I mean, just the, the gloves are just off at this point. Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, if you can go, if you can step, literally step through the fourth wall and say, oh, the, this TV show that you are watching is one of the dimensions that we are now going to travel to. 
you know you can do anything in the next we get we like we joked about you know season four being or or i guess no it was it was uh always five yeah. yeah so it'd be season five being like some shitty 60s star trek episode where they're like going <laughs> around planets having sex with martian women or something but like, they could do it like it's <laughs> yeah. no that's no more ridiculous than what they've just done here like bear, bear in mind that the first episode of this show starts with a blind girl uh, or blind woman, excuse me, um, who has been kidnapped for seven years, coming back to her family, and there being some, you know, weird stuff with with like her memory and, and her, her wanting to tell back, yeah. and her sights back and her wanting to tell the story of her kidnapping to the end of the second season, where we have had not one but two additional dimensions. One of which is the dimension that we, the audience, are watching the show happen in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what, uh, yeah, like I mean. I, I, so I mean, I get, I know we said this a lot, and I don't want to come across as too negative, but I don't understand how you watch this as like a Netflix executive and be like, ah, oh, cancel it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's why I'm saying to you, I, I have a hope in my heart. I mean, I do too, but I, just, Hap, I don't. Hap would, Hap would want the show cancelled, wouldn't he? Yeah. Like, wouldn't he? Like, he and, would. That's true. And whenever asked, is when Zalbot Monglich was asked recently, do you see a way for the, for the show to continue in the future? He said yes. So I, I we're maybe, taking it to Broadway. I'm taking yeah, um, we're taking it to Broadway. No, maybe a graphic novel or something. I'd be happy just even with a novel. Like anyway, yeah, just anything. I think this show, like, it, I think they sort of maybe they shouldn't have had her awakening herself when she was very very clearly still young. Because in my personal opinion, I would still watch this even if they had to wait twenty years to make the next season. And maybe like maybe the like Brit was like. Uh, like asleep the whole time she didn't realize she was prairie for 20 well, years you know i mean they've got that that is one of the benefits of of the the kind of dimensional and time travel uh based narrative that they're telling here is that unlike something like firefly where eventually the cast just got too old and it was like oh, you couldn't really do it anymore because like you know some of some of the cast aren't alive anymore and it's you know everyone's getting a bit old in this it doesn't really matter because like you just go to another dimension where everyone was born 30 years earlier and it's like yeah i don't know steve's 50 now whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um but yeah so yeah like i i, I just really this there's, there's just something Every time it happens where they're like, "Oh, it's gonna," you know, there's gonna be an announcement in a month, I do get a little, little excited, even though I know I shouldn't. But there's something deep within me that just doesn't feel like this story is told. You know, there's something mm. deep within me, in me that tells me we will see another bit of this story. It'd be crazy not to, in some way. Like it, it, it seems very popular. I mean, like the subreddit has, you know, tens of thousands of subscribers. Like it's, it. I don't. It's. Yeah. I think I think it gets to the point where releasing a th- season three of the OA, like the OA coming back, will get you as much new subscribers as the OA as, as like a first new show coming out. You know, I think eventually the news around the OA being renewed will be big enough that it will justify the decision. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and as you say, maybe that's the ploy. Maybe they they cancelled it and they've been working on it this whole time, and then they can say, "Oh, it's coming back and it's out now," uh, and then <laughs> and uh, and do it that way. That's the dream. Um, if it doesn't, I mean, this this is a as a it's a frustrating conclusion. Like, if this is truly the end, because nothing is resolved, really, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's so open ended. In a way, I kind of love that because, like, we're doing here. The possibilities are just endless with what this show could could have gone on to do. You know, we can theorize to our heart's content about where it might have gone, and we and 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 
I think we're right to to do so because this it's so open ended. Um, but in terms of yeah, like a it, it's it's a very good cliffhanger for another season of television. It's not particularly satisfying as the end of a TV show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm going to say now, guys. Remember before we started the OA. Uh, we said that Conrad would be like, predicting what would happen in season three, four, and five, and that would be his. Um, that would that would be his. Like it would be canon. Uh, I think mm. I'm gonna have a think about it too. We'll probably like, talk about it together and sort of both agree what we think will happen. But next week, next week on the Theory Matrix episode, we'll carve out a bit of time to do that as well. We do have we do have a question today about that. We're gonna leave that question till next week because uh, I think I'll give Conrad a week to think about where he thinks it okay. would have went. Um, uh, so uh, let's talk about the Buck slash Michelle stuff here quickly. So Yeah, this is nuts. Um, this sort of implies that, as we said in the last episode, Michelle was within Ian Alexander's mind this whole time. Yeah. Um, well, okay, that's interesting, actually, because that's not what I... That was not my read of it. That makes more sense, actually, because when I watched it, I was like, oh, shit, Ian Alexander has just been transported into the vacant body of Michelle. Um, so Well, I think that probably is the case. But like you, you think about it, right? Michelle looked through the rose window. Maybe even touched it. Yes. And, and yep, transported through to that reality. So both Michelle and Ian Alexander are in Ian Alexander's body. So my idea is now that he, when he touches Kareem's hand or whatever he did, I think maybe both of them, maybe. Or one of them or both of them. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was both Michelle and Ian Alexander went, or yeah. just Michelle. But I think they're definitely Michelle. Michelle's consciousness was within Ian. Yeah, the, like Michelle, like the the look on Michelle's face when when she woke up uh, wasn't one of like ah shit, I'm I'm in the wrong body. It was you know like waking up from a bad dream. Like she seemed happy and uh, and and glad to see her grandmother. And I feel like if Ian was dominant in there. Um, it wouldn't have been that reaction. So I think that makes more sense than what my initial read of it was. Um, but I would that would be a great way to stay in the second dimension, actually, if Ian got zapped over there as well. And they'd be like, shit, we need to get Ian back from... Um, that would from- be, honestly, Conrad, they, they've went quite daring with the... the, 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 the the portrayal of trans characters in this show already, as we as we spoke yeah. about. Can you imagine in season three if the storyline of Michelle was that Ian was within Michelle yeah. and was eventually emerging? Uh, yeah, I mean, be... yeah. Talk talk about like a, a narrative um, and and like a, a thematic way of discussing and exploring like body dysmorph- dysmorphia in a trans character. Mm. Like, what better way to do it than to literally have two people within yourself, one of whom is is a man, um, trying to break out of this of this female female presenting body. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? Um, I wonder if that's where they were going to. Oh, that would have been. Gr- I I would have loved them for doing that because you know I've said it before. I'll say it again. There aren't enough aren't enough trans characters. Full stop. And, and like I I don't think I I always hate the argument that and it's normally used for like female characters, but I think it applies to any kind of non-white guy character they're like we've just got to got to you know they've got to be good characters uh Mm -hmm. you know to have them and i'm always like that doesn't apply to white guys it shouldn't have to apply to you know gay characters or trans characters like you can have shitty trans characters as well um but this is this is an absolutely great one and i would have loved to have to seen them um seen them explore it further yeah there's also the really weird thing as well for me of like Obviously, it probably took a lot for Ian Alexander to play the role of Michelle, like, yeah, as we've talked about before. So this idea is that the season's over now, and now like 
he's giving Michelle out, letting Michelle out of the body again. You know, it's yeah. like this idea of like, you know, okay, that was uncomfortable. I didn't, you know, get out of here now. And, and Michelle is like back into her body and it's like now Ian Alexander's back to himself again. It, it could be that as well. But I think yeah. it'd be really interesting if Ian Alexander did travel. Like if if, a, if an actor from our world traveled into the body of a character in the fictional show they were creating, yeah, I would love, like that would be, be amazing. Great. That'd be so um, good. I've got thoughts about Steve as well. Yeah, okay, so Danny Zuko arrives. <laughs> yeah, I imagine him like, That was Vic Disco. Up. That was Vic Disco. Uh, that is exactly what it is. Like, I expected him to like jump in and be like, oh, and like, like kind of comb his yeah, hair yeah. back as he, as he gets in. He, like, yeah, fucking rolled up beside the ambulance on his chopper. Um, yeah. I like this, Steve. I, like, I, got a lot of <laughs> I got a lot of time for this, Steve. Um <laughs> I I so I mean I don't want to I don't want to give too much away if we're going to be talking next uh, next uh, week about theories about where it's going to go but the hello hap to me implies that this Steve knows hap already in some way like there is a pre-existing relationship in this dimension between these yeah. two because if this was our Steve uh, I feel like he would have jumped in that jumped in oh, that no, ambulance very much this is our Steve this is our Steve. 100%. Do you think? Yeah. I uh, no. I didn't think he would be saying hello, Hap. I think he'd be jumping on him. I come on. We know Steve. Steve's very level-headed, very cool, no. calm, and collected. <laughs> he, he'd be parkouring <laughs> his way into the fucking ambulance and karate kicking Hap out onto the road. I I think there's I think there's something here that no. implies a, a a pre-existing relationship. I I think. Oh, no, no, I think I I, I I this. I'm going to be honest with you, right? I think you've undone a lot of great work you've done in this episode so far by having that opinion. <laughs> Listen, so like Danny Zuko, Steve fans, get in touch. Danny Zuko, Steve is the bad guy of season three. You heard it here first. I mean, that would be fantastic. Like, yeah, like uh, imagine he has his his mate. What was his name? Crater face. Oh, Crater face. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Crater faces popping Listen, along next to him. This is the Terminator One, Steve. We've had the Terminator Two, Steve. Like this is the Terminator One, Steve, where he's gonna go and kill Bill Paxton and rip his heart out, and then. <laughs> like, I, I, I think. I think. I don't know. Like, he when he's running after the ambulance, like it's obviously our Steve. Like the yeah. panic in his face, like that's obviously our Steve. But the fact that the that he isn't just immediately beating the shit out of Hap when he gets into that ambulance makes me think. There's gotta be there's something else in this character that's stopping him from doing that. Okay, okay, you've saved yourself a little bit there, Conrad. I think that potentially, yes, that the I don't think there's a pre-existing knowledge of Hap in the actor who plays Steve. Like there is obviously a pre-existing knowledge that Jason Isaac plays a character called Hap, but but I but I think um I think the actor who plays Steve is now maybe possibly amalgamated with Steve. Uh, so therefore, he knows Jason Isaacs as well as as Hap as Steve. So maybe that's why he doesn't jump on him. I don't think it's that there's a pre-existing relationship between the actor who plays Steve and the character of Hap in that knowing the character of Hap is a real thing. No way. Jason Isaacs and the actor who plays Steve are in a biker gang in this universe. <laughs> yeah. That's my that's my call. Yeah. Patrick, bow, Gibson. Bow, 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 bow. Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Gibson is his name. Oh, uh, great. Yeah, he, uh, maybe, well, he's yeah. The, maybe he's the OA. He's what I, like, honestly this... like barely anyone has gone through like any kind of wardrobe changes or or significant kind of appearance changes in this apart from apart from me and Alexander. And I, I guess I guess Britt Marling to a certain extent, like the Nina uh, Prairie yeah. stuff is is a bit different. But I love I love that he's just like right. 
in this episode, I'm going to be a dickhead high school parkour, or in this season, I'm going to be a dickhead parkour high school guy. Then I'm going to shave my head, and then I'm going to turn up as like a 50s greaser um, in a biker gang with Jason Ale- uh, Jason Isaacs. Well, what I love about that is they they go to the actor, right? They go to Patrick Gibson, and they're like, right, okay, so you're going to be Steve, but within your own body. Like, you're going to be in Patrick Gibson's body. And they're like, he's like, right, okay, so I'll just wear like my normal clothes. Oh, no, 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 no. no. We're going to have you. Slick no, this flat. is his normal clothes. I, I know. I, this is his normal clothes. I refuse to accept that this isn't how he dresses and looks normally. He turns up to set with a, with a toothpick in his mouth, flicks it, and like, <laughs> like the, uh, the um, what they call the, the people who handle like uh, catering and stuff on set. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Tells them, to, like, the give runner, me a coffee. The runners. The runners. Yeah, yeah. runners. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's Smokes who he is. Yeah, this is this is in my mind. This is what this actor is like, and I'm very much about it. Like we've been talking, how great it is, Alex, Ian Alexander's performance as like playing Michelle, and how difficult that was. Like to be such an alpha as Patrick Gibson <laughs> yeah. with his Danny Zuko hair and his leather yeah. jacket, with his and he's still got the parkour mouth. in him as well. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But but being able to go up, go into set and then completely change who you are and become Steve, he's yeah. a fantastic actor. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see more of this actor in other things. I hope he never changes. He's like Dave Bautista, if Dave Bautista could actually pretend to be someone else. Yeah, yeah rather than a nice man, which is what Dave <laughs> Bautista always tends to be. Actually, Drax, he does Drax. Drax isn't that nice, but um, yeah, yeah. the rest of the time he plays like kind of a soft-spoken nice man who also just happens to be like 260 pounds of muscle. Yeah. Okay, before we go into the uh, bra- the, the roundup, sorry, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on the ending <laughs> the ending credit music. Like it goes into Brit Marling's face, and then it, like just to, just in case anyone didn't know the actress's name, because it's possible they wouldn't, right? Um, the credits start, and Brit Marling's name comes up first. But yeah. The music is like like it's a really weird little scatty almost thing. What did you think of the the tone of it? Did you do you remember it? I to be honest, I didn't take that much note of the ending music. Um... Okay, well, something to go back and listen to because yeah. it is—it's it's a real change of tone. Like it's—it's it's like you've just had this emotional moment of like uh, Danny Zuko running up, going "Hello, Hap," and then and then it's <laughs> and then it goes into goes into uh, Brit's face, and then there's mm. like real like I don't know how you'd describe it. It's like really like chirpy, it's like uh, jazz. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't know how to describe it. It's like real chirpy, happy, a little scatty. It's really interesting. Uh, so go back and listen to that because okay, it's... I will check that out. Yeah, I mean, I'd like uh, to be honest with with stuff like that for music for me to really notice like ending music, it has to be like either full on licensed music or very clearly like influenced by a certain genre, like it like yeah. a Wonder Vision kind of thing where it does like the Malcolm in the Middle episode. And yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. okay, that's what we're doing here. That would have been great actually if they'd have done like a Malcolm in the Middle style. They might be giants theme song at the end. I'd been very much into that. You know, while we're on Malcolm in the Middle, right? I used to argue with my brother. My brothers and I used to argue all the time. Do you know? Do you know in the opening credits of Malcolm in the Middle, it shows Bret Hart doing the figure four on so- yep. no, not the figure four, the, uh, sh- the sh- sharpshooter, the sharpshooter on someone, right? <laughs> now, at that time when we were when I was young, Bret Hart. When I started watching wrestling, Bret Hart had just left, right? Yep. So I didn't really know Bret Hart that much. Um, and we were watching it, and because like of the distortion in the opening credits, for the longest time, we thought that that was Kane. Like because of his pink, we thought the, the pink was pink face. 
no, no, no. Like the pink, we thought it was red because of the distortion. Oh, colors. I see. Okay, yeah. So like we we were like, and then eventually like my older brother found out that it was Bret Hart, and like we used to argue all the time. Like I did, I was like what, like seven years old or so, eight years old. I didn't actually care about looking it up, but every, every my, my brother was like, that's Bret Hart actually, and we and we, me and my other brother were like, no, it's not. It's Kane, all right. <laughs> yeah. Kane when he wrestled Goldberg that time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think it's Goldberg he's doing it too. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen that. Jeez, if we couldn't tell it wasn't Bret Hart, we're not going to tell it's Goldberg. It's like, <laughs> yeah, probably, well, it could have been Steve Austin. Kane, yeah, Kane and Steve Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about alter realities. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine? There could be one where they're in a wrestling company. They could They could go. I'll tell you what they could do with this show. We'll talk about this next week. Birds of Freedom or something? But they could... Well, the Glow got cancelled uh, recently, and they could yeah. do a, a season where they go to the Glow universe and get involved in pro wrestling, which I'd very much be into. That's so interesting, because you're right. They could literally go to any TV show's universe. Any like other Netflix sh- show. Just show up at Central Perk for a cup of tea, you know? Or show like, up at Stranger uh, Things. Strange... Yes. Oh, it's been mentioned. It's been mentioned. The, Speak uh, into existence. Yeah, exactly. Right, okay. Um, let's go into the breakdown then. Okay, no, let's do it. No, 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 sorry. We're already in the breakdown. I've done that <laughs> twice in the last few weeks. Let's get into the roundup. Yeah, let's do that also. IMDB rating, 9.3. I think this is the highest of any episode in the whole show. Um, I don't. I don't think I agree with that. I think the. I think the 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 big reveals are really cool. There's a lot of really good stuff in this episode, but I think you have to judge it on the fact that we're not getting any more after it. Uh, although that's a bit unfair. Um, so I'd say it's probably still in the eights. It's still a good episode, definitely. Um, well, I we have think... we have talked before about the fact that the ending is what sells people on something so like yeah. you can imagine people when they were going back to no one was reading this on imdb after every episode they were reading the whole season at the end right yeah. so obviously they're like oh, oh overview that's the one we found out it was in our world nine ten you know like that's yeah. what that's why it happened i think that there are a couple of episodes earlier in this season that spring to mind i think it was either episode three or four where it was just crazy stuff getting revealed left right and center i think that's probably the best episode i can't remember the name of it now but that's probably the best episode of this season so i think this still the one with old night was that the one with yeah yeah i think the one with old night um that would have been episode five four Four, I four, think. yeah, um, yeah. Like so, I think that's probably the best episode, just because so much happened. Um, this is still really good. Um, I, I still enjoyed a lot of it. I'm, I'm really, really. Well, I would be really looking forward to what they do next. I think it's probably in kind of mid eights, though. I would put this. Cool, no problem at all. Um, I think we'll probably leave the roundup there and get into the questions because I don't, I don't want to like starve next week of content. So, because next week we are going to be doing the theory matrix. We're going to be talking about what would have happened next, we think. Yeah. I'm going to mention a couple of times the show nearly came back, and I'm also going to mention the current uh, thoughts on when the show is coming back in the in the fan community too. Yeah, um, sounds cool. Yeah, so we'll just get into the questions. Connor, what do you think? Yeah, let's do it. The Stranger from the Outside. Okay, guys, you know if you want to ask Conrad a question, you can ask him in the... Uh, comments underneath the videos now obviously next week we're doing the theory matrix so there's no questions for next week but the week after that you can actually in a strange turn of events so for next week you can actually ask Emmett questions about dark season one 
towards Dark Season 2. Because next week we're doing uh, the Conrad Theory Matrix episode for the OA. After that, we're going to be doing Emmett Season 1. So he's going he's gonna to binge the whole of Season 1. We're going to talk to him about it. Where does he think it's going? Uh, and then you can ask him questions about that. And then we're going to do Season 2 the week after and Season 3 the week after that. So interesting. It'll be questions for Emmett for the next three uh, weeks. Um, all right. And we also are going to be doing the Westworld next, we're pretty sure. So I'm, we'll, we'll, we'll lock that in now. We're doing Westworld next. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll be we, rooting and tooting our way to your ears as robot cowboys. Yeah, and I, and I think that um, don't let the where, where Westworld has gone or went dictate whether you think it's good for us to do. Just remember how good that first season was. Uh, and then you'll hear our thoughts on the rest of it as we go. Because uh, there is some fantastic stuff. Disclaimer again, I think Conrad has seen the first episode or two. But, yeah, um, I think I saw the first two. But I, I literally, I know, what do I know? Ed Harris is in it. There's a guy in black. And James One Marston? of the McPoyles. What, what? Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, and the McPoyles. Uh, one of the McPoyle uh, guys Yeah, one of the it. McPoyles is in it. Um, and Anthony Hopkins is an old man who like makes robots. I think it's going to be one of those things where the first two episodes, like you don't really remember much about it, but you kind of know... So you'll remember it as you watch it. And then after yeah. the second episode, it'll obviously just be all fresh to you. So looking forward to that. Um, all right, guys. So a couple of questions here. One from Marvin says, first of all, how dare you predict the ending correctly? <laughs> Was it, wasn't Marvin the, the 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 question asker last week who asked, who asked me to guess where I thought the show was going to end? <laughs> well, there you go. There you go, uh, yeah. Obviously, Marvin didn't want you to get it right. Yeah. I, I mean, it was... I, I think that they laid the track in front of us for that one. Like, it was... There was enough there to get it, um, I think. Um, but I think you had to maybe have the idea planted in your mind by that early change in aspect ratio for yeah. um, for uh, when they do the plane sequence. Yeah, like, little clues like that, whenever you're going to be talking about it on a podcast, are very easy to, to spot, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Okay, so we'll take some of the credit away from Conrad. It's not that good. Uh, so second of all, uh, is this literally our world or is it just a very similar one? Obviously, it's a very similar one because Jason Isaacs isn't married to Brit Marling. But I think yeah. for all intents and purposes, it, it has to be viewed as our world. I think obviously yeah. where they were going with the story needed Jason Isaacs and Prairie oh, and Brit Marling to be very connected, in my yeah. opinion. But yeah, no, I, I, think, I think that like, it would be very weird if they pulled this reveal and then like halfway through the next season they were like, actually, this isn't quite the real world. There's another world where the OA is being filmed as a TV show and in that one, Britt Marling is just married to whoever she's married to or, or not married as the case may be. Uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, this, this is the real world. Uh, I think we're safe to make that assumption at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, it's interesting as well. I found that Hap seems to be in tune with Jason Isaacs straight away. You know, because they're in league together. They're, yeah. Oh yeah. wait, no, Hap and Jason Isaacs. Sorry, I was talking about Steve. Um, yeah, Patrick Gibson's in league. Yeah, but yeah, um... Um, they're in a biker gang together. Um, the <laughs> yeah, that is true. That's like so. That's kind of the interesting thing about this episode is is like when earlier in the episode when Nina is kind of toying with Hap by pointing out all this stuff that he doesn't remember. I feel like she's kind of pointing out that. OA has perfect control over which part of her personality is kind of dominant at any given yeah. time, whereas Hap clearly doesn't have the memories of Dr. Percy available to him. Um, so it is interesting that he lands in this body and seems to immediately maybe be, have more of that equilibrium, like whether it's just a case of 
he's experienced jumping a couple of times now, so mm-hmm. he's getting better at not just suppressing the voice inside of um, the, uh, of the body that he's landing Pot- in. Potentially, but it also might just be that Jason Isaacs is a stronger person than Dr. Yeah. Percy. Yeah, it could be uh, that. Um, okay, then Marvin asks another question. What's the next podcast show, and why is it Westworld? <laughs> I like Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys. <laughs> can't beat Cowboys. Yeah, I do like a Cowboy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, guys, oh, oh, I might put a poll up on the channel. Where, like, I'm thinking of changing every time we do a different show, changing the After Dark podcast theme, and I'm thinking of making it like real root and tootin' for yeah. for, for Westworld. Um, so let me know. Make it uh, Kid whether... Rock for the next one, please. Yeah, let me know whether that's a good idea. I'll, I'll put a poll up, uh, and then if you want to put suggestions about what things I can put in the intro for Westworld, like I've got about a month to do it at this point, so that's a lot of time. Recommend um, Kid Rock, please. Yeah, well, nothing. There's going to be nothing licensed, but we could definitely do. He'd something. be all right with it. We'll get. We'll get in touch. Well, to be kid. honest with you, the actual culture cave theme itself would be a great one for it, but um, but we can't use that because that's our culture cave theme. So, yeah. uh, all right. So, I'll, I'll start thinking about it, guys, and you can put comments under this video for it, or you could also put uh, comments under. The, I'll put a poll up on on the YouTube channel. Uncle uh, Cracker, that's another one. Follow <laughs> me. Everything is alright. Such a good, such a good song. It's a great song. Um, Okay, he did so... X-Pac's theme music. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, do you not remember when he was in X-Factor with Just Incredible and, and, and Albert? And like they, they he had like the X-Factor music started with Uncle Crack. It was oh awful. Awful music. No, I cannot remember that at all. <laughs> although although I was teaching a class the other day and one of my pupils just randomly from the other side of the room, I heard them go, um, uh, oh, you didn't know? <laughs> I a, like... a, a, a 16-year-old's into the New Age Outlaws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, and I, and I, all the fellas around him were like, "What are you talking about?" And I crossed the room, went, "Road dog." He's like, "Yeah." So you get it, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well done, well done, to all that right. young man. Okay, so Bill Ross uh, says, "So I guess we found out that Hap was doing uh, was doing in the garage in his spare time, or maybe mm. they're like dehydrated fruit uh, and only had had to water them to make them grow." Well, I think that well, maybe they're in, they are in water actually. So he's probably dumping fertilizer or like yeah, plant. it's like those, um, little, those little sachets of plant food you get with flowers. He's putting them in the water. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like um, it's like everyone during these lockdowns got really into baking. Um, this is what this is what Hap got into is is uh, gardening from people. I just will say right, I I I bake sometimes. Like I'm not really I'm I'm not I'm not an avid baker. I wouldn't call it a hobby of mine, but I can bake when I want to. And there was, I needed to make my son his birthday cake. So wouldn't, I make him. Every... Wouldn't call yourself a master baker. No, I would not. No, I would okay. not. Um... That's a great joke. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, I, I know. I, 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 the thing is, I probably am master level. <sighs> just not, uh, just not one of my hobbies, you know. Um, but no, I, I made my son like a an Elmo cake for his first birthday. For his second birthday, I made him a Mike Wazowski cake from uh, Monsters. Oh, from Monsters. Yeah, nice. Did, did you know? Didn't. Didn't turn out very well. Didn't make it on the gram, I'll say. But um, what do you call it? When I went to the shop to get the ingredients, there was like a three or four month period in, in, in Northern Ireland where you couldn't buy any flour anywhere. Like there was no <laughs> flour on the shelf. And I was like, Jesus, everyone's baking all over the place. But I had to bake this one cake and I just couldn't get flour for it. Yeah, that I, I, I vaguely remember that period. It was the same in England as well. Like everyone just decided they were going to do their sourdough starter in the same weekend. Um, yeah, my my brother. Yeah, your brother, brother got fucking doing... into that. Like you know, like I'm calling you out. Um, <laughs> but... no, it wasn't me. Although I did eat some of his sourdough cookies, and they are delectable. <laughs> uh, that's great. I've never had one. That doesn't sound good, but I mean, 
Yeah, oh, I don't know. Sourdough. Okay. What? Do you not I'm like hit and miss with sourdough. Oh, it's all right. It's okay. I'm hit and miss. Jeez, might get some sourdough today. <laughs> right, okay. So, uh, always the foreigner says... Again, always foreigner, you've got to change that name. You're not a foreigner on this channel. Yeah, you're right? a welcome a welcome friend. Yeah, you're a wel- always the welcome friend. Uh, first of all, congratulations, Conrad, for completely calling that ending. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. As to my real question, why are both your theories... What what are both your theories as to how Steve wound up a greaser in what looks like England? Listen, also, well, he's he's there filming the OA. We said like, uh, that the first episode of season one, uh, uh, season three, episode one, is going to be an origin story for. Would you say his name is Patrick something? It's Patrick Gibson. Patrick Gibson, and it's going to be. Gibson. It's basically going to be the opening of Terminator Two, where he travels back from the future and he's naked and he stands up and it's playing Bad to the Bone as he walks up to a biker and tells him he needs their clothes, their boots, and their motorcycle. That um, makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Like, he travelled into his body while yeah. he was naked, and then yeah. he was like, just went to the nearest biker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I need your clothes, your boots, and parkour lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he already knows parkour. That's true, he already knows parkour. It doesn't need Every them. version of Steve knows parkour. Yeah. Um, the question is, what did Jason Isaacs feel whenever he was amalgamated <laughs> with this person who loves sucking on earphones? <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh... I've just developed a fetish. It's like, it's like the, the actor Jason Isaacs was like having to like sterilize them between each take and everything. But yeah. then he's all, all of a sudden, the guy who was doing it in his real life yeah, gets he's ta- transported. He's, he's taking them home at night to, just like, <laughs> just to yeah. stick a disgusting rubber in his mouth. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be horrified by that. It's it, Yeah, it, it is literally, he's developed a new fetish and rightfully he is ashamed of it as, as, as he should be. Um, yeah, so I that's why I, that's I why you'll we'll see him wrestle with that. In, in, in that's why he had that weird voice because he was like coming to terms with. It. He's like, "I'm Jason," and then 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 he then he had like the thing in his head where he's like, "Oh my god, now I suck earphones." Like, Isaac's Isaac's. Yeah, now I'm into ear stuff. Yeah, um, I I will say, uh, see those little ear those little earphones where like it's got like the weird flappy rubber on it. Yes. Um, I never, I never use those. I, I can't use them. I only ever use headphones. I can use the little plasticky ones. Um, they're probably less hygienic. I don't know why, but I, I cannot use those ones with the little flaps of rubber. I, I just oh, I, at- those are the only ones I use. Well, you're using different ones right now, Connor. I can see them on your head. Oh no, but I, like, I, 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 this is you know you don't want to get headphones, get yeah, headphones bleed out, yeah. bleed out. Um, you know, using earbuds for for recording but yeah like out and about i'll never never wear headphones like this they're too they're too bulky to transport oh really no i well i suppose you yeah you don't drive whereas i just have yeah like if, I, if i'm like riding a bike or riding my bike or something i'll just be like i'll have, I'll have earbuds in because having stuff like this it's just like they're gonna fall off at some point yeah no i can imagine that I, I i when i go into the shops by myself or whatever i'll have these in the car and i'll take them in with me but my point is the little flappy rubber it just grosses me out like okay so this is something that people don't people wouldn't know about me but conrad i don't even know if you know this i have a real phobia of plastic right <laughs> i didn't know that yeah, that must be hard in the modern age to have a well, phobia like, of plastic. Pl- plas- plastic like this, right? So on my earphones here, it's not that big of a deal. What I mean by it is, you know, like like a Coke bottle, for example. Yeah. If someone else drinks out of a Coke bottle, I cannot have a drink of it. Like I, the idea, like for me, plastic once it's not brand new anymore is just the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. I, you know, yeah. like when I think it comes from like, you know how sometimes plastic sold, it starts to mist and stuff. Yeah. And it's all like, it can, it can go quite rough as well. There's just a really weird thing within me that I have. I honestly have a phobia of plastic. I it's, 
it's it's thinner plastics are the worst. If you have mm. a real thick, meaty bit of plastic, right, and 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 it goes and it goes through the wash, and I'm like, I could be like, okay, okay, this is a big enough bit of plastic, I trust it. But th- thin little bits of plastic, nah, that nah. the the idea of drinking out of someone's drink that uh, sorry, that's 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 just a little that's like the anti the anti hap basically. Like you're yeah. you you're, you are you're basically yeah, diametrically opposed to haps fetish for plastic that has been in people's mouths uh, which is uh, yeah which is ro- yeah ex- exactly yeah but what's, ro- what's ironic about it as well is is that the little plastic headphones which are earphones which are just literally a little circle i can use them because they're not going in my mouth it's like the idea of ugh, i can't even talk about it but the the uh the little rubber ones because they collect dirt it's a different anyway you just get me guys like I, I'm a, I'm a... I used to be a big chewer big chewer of pens and other plastic things i still am to a certain extent so i i kind of inadvertently don't don't uh well i guess maybe I, i'm closer to haps end of the spectrum than yours in in that respect which is a worry this might thought. blow your mind conrad Go on. but i'm i'm a pen chewer too but oh, i really? only chew a pen if i know it's mine and it's brand new and it was mine see if someone wants to lend me their pen i will touch the part where i need to write i will never touch the end of the pen that's probably wise just yeah. just yeah dis- like uh, keep it uncontaminated as much as possible yeah all right, well, join us next week when we'll... Uh... <laughs> For more pen talk. <laughs> more pen talk. Now, I've got one more question. One more question. Okay. Um, uh, Vic Disco, Ted, says... Hello. Congr- congrats on the prediction, Conrad. I honestly never saw that coming. A question for both of you guys. While I really enjoyed the series overall and was surprised that they cancelled it, do you think the writers honestly had a game plan for ending it coherently? Or do you think they would have dragged <laughs> it out season after season, season mm. until it made no sense? And uh, this, Ted finishes this with what I feel is a personal attack against me. Lost comes to mind as I write this. Thoughts? Yeah, get them, <laughs> get them, <'em>, Vic. <laughs> like they, yeah, I, I think um, the like everything is kind of like perfect in your imagination, and I think this is a great example of that. Um, and that's why it's so sad that it that it got cancelled. Is that in our imagination they absolutely nailed the execution on all of the the following three seasons and yeah. end it perfectly. The reality is this show is so broad and so wild that it would be super difficult for them to end it satisfyingly and and you know to 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 even remotely deliver on half the stuff that they actually set up with that said i think in this season especially they have shown themselves capable of doing some pretty pretty like nut stuff in terms of managing um you know their 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 narratives and their and their kind of ideas about where where the where the plot is actually going so you know i I, I'm not going to say sit here and say I think they definitely would have nailed it, but I think they deserved to have a chance to do mm. it, um, and it would have been nice to see where they went with it. But you, yeah, it, it could have gone lost. It could have gone lost, um, and I say that as someone who's only ever seen the first season of Lost, where I I, just, I watched that and I was like, ah, oh, I'm okay. I don't need any more of this. Well, you're wrong on that regard, but but the uh, <laughs> I, th- I think I I think. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, I get what you mean. Like, the season three and four are usually the places where it makes or breaks a show. If they have a good season three and four, they'll probably be good for it all. Um, <laughs> yeah, just like Game of Thrones. No, nah, Game of Thrones <laughs> was different because obviously eventually the yeah. books run out. But, um, but like, okay, season three of this show could have been terrible. If I, yes. But I think if they, did it, if they did it well, that would really, it would have made me confident the rest would be good. Let's talk about Lost for a second. Now, Lost, right... You've got you've set him off now, Vic. I'm I'm happy I'm happy that people um I'm happy for people to have their own opinions on Lost, obviously. The idea of it 
dragging on for season after season is kind of correct because basically they wanted it to be three seasons. They planned for it to be three seasons. It was going to be three seasons. And then they finished season two halfway through, I think halfway through season three, like the producers, like the TV, the TV station, ABC came to them and went, yeah, we don't want you to finish yet. You need yeah. to continue. JJ so, Abrams decided he likes money, and uh, no, no, JJ Abrams money. wasn't involved. He, he, he. JJ Abrams only. Is he not a producer first. on that show? JJ Abrams was like the co-creator. Uh, he created oh, okay. like the, the first two episodes, and then and then the showrunners were uh, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse from that oh, point okay. on. Um, he he. JJ Abrams does a lot of stuff where he'll just go in, start something, and then piss off again. Um, yeah. So that's that's what he did. But they had the three yeah. season they had the three season arc planned, and then somewhere after the end of season two, during season three, this TV channel decided they wanted more. So then they had to rewrite on the fly and create a fourth season, and they eventually ended on six. They managed to convince them to end on six, which is nuts when you think about it, because even six, I would imagine, this TV station still wanted more. You know, so yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, TV stations are famous, as as Netflix have demonstrated here, like, they will run a show into the ground until they don't think they can make any more money out of it, and then mm. just kill it dead. Um, so that is the, that's the perennial battle of artists uh, with with pr- production companies or, or, or TV networks. Exactly. Right, guys, that's us. We are, have finished watching the OA now. We are done. Next week, we will do, be doing the OA uh, Theory Matrix episode, which is always good fun, so join us for that. Yeah. Um, we will also be predicting what think will, will happen in the future in terms of the OA. I'll also be telling you about a few times the show, let's be honest, didn't nearly, but nearly came back. Uh, I'll also be, um, uh, we'll also, I'm sure, be looking forward to Emmett. I- I'm going to try and get Emmett to come on with us next week to record five or ten minutes and he can just we can have a chat about dark with him even though he's never seen it uh it would be funny to hear it'd be nice to hear like his original five minute take on what he thinks it's about and then we'll come and then we'll then we'll sort of go to season two uh season one sorry the week after um but yeah so thanks very much guys if you want to subscribe on culture cave on youtube that'd be great if you can subscribe on audio apps if that's how you listen to it great 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 if you want to send us an email adpodmail@gmail.com. Links in the description for Discord. Links in the description for a t-shirt if you want to support the channel. If you don't want a t-shirt, you just still want to support the channel, there's also like a tip jar link there. Put a comment underneath. Like the video. Engage, guys. Thanks very much for listening. And we'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. The After Dark Podcast has been a Culture Cave production. Please subscribe on audio apps as well as on YouTube at The Culture Cave. Join us next week as Conrad journeys further into the unknown.